You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. My kings and queens, happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of 3AM. We're grateful to have you here. Uh, We just had a great episode. This time, all the stories were user submitted, which we're really happy about. We look forward to hearing from you and all the stories that you've had. So these firsthand experiences, at least with this episode, had us pretty shook. Uh, (laughs) Sean begins by telling his uh, experiences from Alyssa, who currently resides in Utah and had a pretty crazy experience in Bryce Canyon National Park. A lot of uh, creepy encounters with strangers on the trail and while they're camping. Stay tuned for that one. Charles speaks about uh, Rita, who's from Australia, and encounters a bunch of supernatural uh, occurrences within her house growing up, uh, including, honestly, uh, one of the the most creepy Ouija board story that we've had yet. Uh, And I share a story from Kate. Uh, Somebody who reached out to us on Reddit and her experiences with calling out via prayer and receiving a response from not the intended recipient in her prayer. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's uh, go. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in and let's go. Uh, You can tell DJ's a little flustered. Because <laughs> yeah, a little bit. We had him do something super creepy. We're excited for this episode. <laughs> Let's do this. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is DJ. I'm recording from Salt Lake City, Utah. Today we're trying something new with my fellow best friends. Oh, my Charles name. and uh, Charles and Sean. Charles and who? <laughs> Charles and Jordan. <laughs> you almost said that. Well, I think it's about time for me to go. Yeah, Sean's like, <laughs> F me, dude. Wow. <laughs> Do you want to redo that? No, we're keeping it in. Yeah, stays. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Rip me, dude. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we're uh, Sean and I are in Portland right now, and we set up our own studio here. So this is fun. It's like when I was in California. Yep. Yeah, I like that we can do this remotely. So how are you guys doing? How's your week so far? Good. So far, so good, dude. I slept like three hours last night, so I'm like dying, dying. Yeah, so you guys drove from Salt Lake to Portland through the night. Yep, we left around five. The four of got you. Got here around four. And I still had to work today and tomorrow, so 
I, my normal shift starts at eight. So I had to wake up at seven when we got here at four. Yikes. <laughs> We're excited to be in Portland. We're having a good time. Anything else we want to go over? We want to talk about what happened last week after we stopped recording. Our experience. <laughs> so the second, this sure. actually not even before we stopped recording, uh, as we were recording DJ, nope, Sean downloads. I'm getting cut out of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jordan over here downloads the rando nodding app. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he sets his intention. As... My intention was money. <laughs> yeah. And so it gave us this geolocation. It was about mile, mile and a half from our house. And uh, let me preface by saying, like, after we're done recording, at least from I'll speak for me and I could, I think DJ as well, not Sean, but it always puts me in a mood like, like an on my guard mood, you know, because we just talked about <laughs> spooky stuff for two hours. And so Sean sets his intention, clicks the button and just says, all right, are we doing this? <laughs> There's like no real time to like mentally prepare. And so we did it. Yeah. And what happened? So it took us kind of out into this like, uh, it was kind of work zone almost. And we had to climb this giant dirt hill to the point where you guys were both in sandals, right? Yeah. <laughs> so at one point it takes us to a hill and we get split up. So you let's talk about our yeah you guys first, first and then you tell us what happened. So DJ, what happened to us? <laughs> All right, so all three of us got to this quarry. Not not necessarily a rock quarry. It was like concrete, just like hills, mounds of dirt and gravel and whatnot. Three of us get there. We park. We walk through a couple grassy ditches. And we cross this dirt road and we're at the foot of this hill that's maybe 60 feet high, would you say? Sounds about right. About. And we start <laughs> trying to climb it. Sean is the only one in shoes. <laughs> at least that's the excuse that we're going to go with. Uh, <laughs> I attempt to climb it and 10 feet up, it, this is all sand, 10 feet up, I just slide all the way back down. <laughs> <laughs> on my stomach, trying to grasp it, grasping like at fully sand, fully sprawled out, sliding down a hill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like a slow. Fall. Charles, on the other hand, Charles, on the other hand, doesn't oh, even I attempt see DJ to, do that and to I was start like, climbing. Yeah, I'm gonna chill down here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Charles is like Birkenstocks. I'm like in Tevas. So, um, yeah. So we're at the bottom black. of the hill, and we're wait. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Uh, and we're waiting for Sean to get to the top and see what he can find. In the meantime, a truck passes by, uh, a huge, a huge dumb truck. So, so we may or may not be like in a restricted like construction quarry zone, and these guys and trucks keep passing. So DJ and I are straight up just laying on the ground behind like piles of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there is like a big pipe running on the side of the road, like a water main almost. Um, that we're trying to hide behind, but nobody stops. I don't think anybody notices us. And I, as we're waiting for Sean, because Sean just disappears into the dark. And we're like, <laughs> okay, okay, this is cool. Uh, not, DJ and I will hang out over not here. Not normally. <laughs> I'm usually the one who disappears into the dark. <laughs> Got him. Uh, so I really have to pee. So I start peeing and I look over and I just see like the silhouette of a man. And I freak out. 
I forgot about this bit. This man has huge ears. And then I realize it's not a man. It's a deer. But even then, I'm like not unscared. Not Damn it. Why it. am I stupid, man? How do you say that better? <laughs> You're still scared. Yeah, I'm still way scared because the story that DJ told on an old episode of seeing the deer in the meadow. The one of this land. Yes. I was watching the deer and all you can see is just a black outline of the head of this deer. And I'm like frozen. And its eyes. Its eyes are shining too. Because we have our phone flashlights and we're pointing it towards it and we can make out like the reflection. And I'm just waiting for it to stand up and like charge us on two feet. (laughs) And then it just jumps into the darkness and is gone. So we were on edge to say the least. Yeah. Even when it was gone, somehow it was still terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the pitch black, we like look up the hill and we can barely make out Sean's like headlamp. You had a headlamp, right? I had a headlamp on. Yeah. We can see it walking across like the mesa or like the top of the hill. (laughs) And he was up there for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Okay. So I just kind of kept going up the hill and I feel like I remembered hearing you guys say, I'm chilling. Sean, you got to tell us what's up there. And so I just kept going, and you'll never believe what I saw. I believe it. <laughs> I saw another road that came down the other way that we could have just walked up. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but, like, I have my phone open on this Randonaut app, trying to find the exact location of where it's telling me to go. And so I kind of walk over to it, and it passes the little pin like I pass the little pin, so I go back a little bit, and I pass the pin again, and eventually it takes me to like the highest point on this little dirt mountain. Okay. And so I get to the top, and I just like there's nothing here. I asked for money, <laughs> and so I start digging, like I start like pulling dirt and like throwing it down the hill. And, and I could tell you were digging. <laughs> I I don't know what it looked like from you guys down there, but it looked terrible. Like I had no idea what was happening. And I was like, I think he's digging. Because yeah. like all we could just see is your headlamp like going at it, you know? <laughs> so you could have been getting, getting dead. killed. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just like staring at you from the bottom. So I dug for that was a good ten minutes probably. Just all around this little like peak of dirt and found no money anywhere. And this is where our journey diverges. So real quick, if you're confused about what we're talking about, go ahead and go back to episode 60 and listen to it. I, I We bring up and discuss the topic of rando nodding and its relationship with magic. And I think this is where Sean and I might be on separate paths where I Sean is a bit more skeptical than I am. And I am like, I'm very open to the idea that there is something to it. And in my mind, you have to like really properly follow the procedure for it to work. So I'm still holding out and being like, oh, you, you didn't do it right because you didn't fully believe. <laughs> I followed the procedure. That's true. For an extra three more pins that night after you guys <laughs> left. We're making fun of you because we were on the phone talking and because you were like, this is du- like, this is fake. This is dumb. And then you went and did it like four more times. <laughs> I was trying to find something. So the Sean's second like, time. This. this is stupid. Let's do it again. <laughs> the, the second time it dropped a pin inside the prison so it was just trolling you and at that point i was like okay and i did it again and it took me up on top of the mountain and i still found nothing it was just this field of 
cactus looking bushes. And you just kept asking for money. And then I did one more time and it dropped a pin inside the prison again. <laughs> Dude, it was telling you something. Go to prison. Okay. It, it, <laughs> it is weird that like it puts you right at the point where the tallest part of that mountain was. Isn't that kind of weird? It is. It is weird that like it kind of knew what was the highest point of that hill. Like, could you give us that? I mean, that's just like good guessing, I guess, from a quantum computer. I guess. They could have guessed where some damn money was, though. <laughs> so that was our first experience. We might do it again, and I, I want to enlist people who fully believe and who are willing to like give it 100%. Please Not that reach you didn't, out you to job. us if you fully believe. I gave 100%. I don't fully believe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and so any of you listeners out there, if we're not going to encourage you to go out and do it, but if you do have experiences with it and you want to share them, please let us know. We are going to encourage you to be careful out there. Yeah, always. So our good friends at the or our good friend at the Tone Mob uh, also runs a podcast as well. Basically, quick shout out: the Tone Mob is dedicated to finding the perfect guitar tone. They test out hundreds of different effects pedals and whatnot bunch of music gear things relating to that but the tone mob has been here for a little while listening to our podcast and they listened to last week's episode and decided to give it a try well they were they were out walking when they were listening to it right yeah so he downloads the app gives it a try first location that it gives him was uneventful but the second one the intent that he enters is prosperity and it gives him a set of coordinates and he goes to it and right exactly on the dot of the coordinates, he finds a string of pearls, a necklace of pearls. And later in the day, he confirms that they are genuine pearls. They're real pearls. Which one? Get that Skrilla, boy. Yeah, dude. Hey, no. hey let's go. Maybe, maybe that he, shit. he yeah. took your uh, intent, dude. For real. <laughs> yeah. What's up? <laughs> At the very least, you can sell that and get get some some good lunch money. Right <laughs> um, but two, just researching pearls online, he was sharing this. He DM'd us his his experience. Pearls is a sign of prosperity. So, you have our experience. You have the Tone Mob's experience. I I'd assume that there are times where it does and doesn't work. Fortunately, we do have experiences from people that we personally know um who where where it does it doesn't work so you can kind of weigh both sides and can't really rule out the other you just yet but yeah. i don't know yeah that's dope so we'll see it's working for somebody <laughs> i'm not salty <laughs> but that's that that's rando nodding try it be safe while you're doing it uh please share your experiences with us Try it at your own risk. Uh, should we move on to question time? Let's do it. All right. So last week, we asked you to give us some of your best would-you-rather questions. So we still have some leftovers. This question comes from naptime underscore crafts. Hey, shut up. Would you rather be trapped in a house with a murderer, but you can't hear anything happen? Or... So hush. Yeah. So you're deaf. Or... Trapped in a house with a murderer, but you can't see anything. Here. I think I'll go here as well. Well, let's talk it out. What movies kind of correlate with that? Hush. 
Saw. Hush saw the quiet place. Oh yeah. Okay. So in the Hush, where you're blind, those aren't even movies because you die. Uh, don't breathe. Don't breathe. I was thinking Bird Box. <laughs> Bird Box is one, and then there's also um, Wait Until Dark. Have you ever seen that? Huh. It's a super old scary movie. Ooh. So if you <laughs> haven't seen it, I've never seen it, which is weird because it's my cousins, the Mitchells, Seth. Their family, they love that movie. Wait until dark. Wait until dark. Sounds so, like we're gonna have to watch it. One second. Let's look at let's look up just real quick. I'll show you how old it is. 1967. With Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Ooh, so dude, she's, she's blind in this. horror. And there's a scene where she's interacting with the killer as a blind person. Also why does she have that freaking match if she's blind? <laughs> Maybe she's not blind. She just can't see. She's in the dark with a blind person or something. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making up a plot right now. So she finds gold Ooh, okay. in pirates. No. Uh, and then the last thing I can think of is Silence of the Lambs at the end of the movie mm. when she's in the basement and it's completely dark and he has the night vision goggles. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. The part in Saw I'm talking about is when they're in the mausoleum and there's two people. And, and one chain by their neck. One has their eyes sewn shut and one has their mouth sewn shut and they got to work together. Ooh. So what did we learn from them? Is there anything that like we saw as benefits or negatives? Uh, staying calm. Okay, true. Yeah. But that's like for every situation. <laughs> uh, what's the movie where, oh, they were in the house with the old Marine? Isn't yeah, that that's Don't, Don't Breathe. Okay, so in that scenario, it's a little different because they just couldn't make any noise. Yeah, because he was blind. He was the one that's blind, not you. But he was just a psycho killer. But he is hypersensitive to sound. Yep, yep. And a freak. Huh. Yeah. Um, turkey basters. <laughs> yeah. Based from a... Turkey based mo- off that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from my movie and cinema viewing experience, I would much rather have my sight than sound oh. taken away. You want to have your sight taken? No, no. I much rather have I. My, I much rather have my. Uh, You'd rather be hearing able to taken see? away than seeing. Oh, I was I like, my vision damn, because yeah. I have my sight. Me too. I don't think there's a real argument for the other other side. Honestly, no, because like worst case scenario, if you're deaf, you get into a corner and you can still see something coming. Yeah, walls. If you're blind, you can't see anything coming. And you're not guaranteed superhuman like sound either. Yeah, because you're recently blind. My hearing is trash anyway, so I would basically <laughs> have no senses. <laughs> I could lick a killer yeah. or smell him. <laughs> yeah. In real life, though, I think I'd rather have my hearing than my sight. I see you. Oh, just like living every day? I was like, yeah. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Ooh. That's actually a valid argument, though. Actually, I think I would go with still being able to see over here. Dude, they have those interpreters at rap concerts now. You're good, dude. You don't need to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) You see them just doing, going crazy, doing their thing? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, there's a definite argument to keep. Those are called gang members. They're throwing up their (laughs) signs, bro. All right. Let's go with one more from Film on the Rocks podcast. Shout out. Would you rather take on an exorcism with your homie's help? Or fight six zombies alone, melee weapons only. Whoa, this is an awesome question. <laughs> I imagine that we're the homies. 
and we're doing an exorcism of probably Jordan, if we're being honest. <laughs> There's a lot of assumption going on. <laughs> I, I would much rather take on zombies. Alone? Yeah. Melee weapons only. That just feels more badass. Depends on what kind of zombies, too. Yeah, I was also going to ask, are we talking like I Am Legend zombies, or are we talking let's, like Walking Dead zombies? Let's say classic. Classic, slow zombies. Yeah, let's I'd say, still rather take that. I disagree. I would rather be in it with someone. That's just like my gut. I think it would that. be more badass to do it like fighting with weapons. Like, what am I going to do in an exorcism? I can't do anything. Let's, exactly. Let's assume like, we have like a booklet that's like telling us how to get rid of this a little black book. Latin demon. <laughs> I'm just assuming. Except for we're reading the Latin and we don't know what it means. We accidentally give we it accidentally strength. We accidentally give it more demons. Oh my God. They are legion. Yeah. Okay. I switch. Zombies <laughs> stay possessed. <laughs> Much better story, too. Freak. Okay. Much more action going on. Yeah. That's true. More action. Rather than just like reading a book. Dude, I bet there's action if it's like flying around the room and like oh, knocking shit. over candles and stuff. Like ah. Raising out of yeah. its bed. What am I supposed to do to that? Scorpion <laughs> itself. I, I can swing a bat or a crowbar <laughs> at a... Okay. Uh, here is me completely switching. Yeah, the argument for... You know the rules with zombies, essentially. True. Like take off the head or grind the yeah. body up to the point where it can't react. With the demon, it's like who knows. What if it jumps like, from that to What if your you friend? have to say its freaking name and you don't know what its name is? Yeah. You're SOL. Yeah. No, the zombies are way more straightforward. You guys are right. I secede. Thank you. But Dude, now this that is fun. We, we've <laughs> all said it, we're all in it together too, so get ready. We're actually all doing this friends. Yeah. Um, dude, hit us with another one. Thanks for on the rocks. One more? Let's yeah. do it. All right. Would you rather, from Victoria Tirado, be buried alive or be lost in an underwater cave? Buried alive, I'd pull a Kill Bill. There you go. Hmm. Did you ever watch that movie Buried? Is that with Ryan Reynolds in I it? Didn't. Apparently, that's a pretty like scientifically accurate, huh? And well, more scientifically accurate than say Kill Bill. <laughs> uh, I don't know how. That ended. Did it end well for him? Spoilers, dude. Spoiler. Skip ahead if you don't want to have the movie buried with Ryan Reynolds ruined. <laughs> well, it doesn't end bad. Oh, so he gets out? Yeah. Is it possible? Do we know? I think so. Huh. Like, scientifically accurate. Here, let me give you the actual deets. Also, Once while you're doing that, I don't know what you're talking about, but Kill Bill is very on point and realistic. <laughs> I think it's a documentary, actually. Yeah. Absolutely it. insulting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so wait. In the underwater cave, do you have air? Or are you completely submerged? Are you outfitted? Are you in a chamber? Oh, maybe you have scuba gear on with like a limited amount of oxygen. That kind of makes sense. Both of those suck a lot. Both <laughs> of those aren't fun. My gut is leaning towards cave, underwater cave. What the hell are these questions even, though? <laughs> It's like, why can't we do something easy? Like, would you rather eat a hamburger or a hot dog right now? It's like, would you rather die or be killed? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so it is scientifically accurate oh, because so he dies. <laughs> he does not get out. Freak, dude. So my thought is if you're lost in a cave, you weren't just dropped off there. You got yourself there. 
Mm-hmm. So there is the slightest chance that you could like remember how to get out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd take the cave if I had a Thai soccer coach and a team of <laughs> <laughs> an Elon Musk out there. Yeah, with his submarine ass. It's time, time to, to roll. roll. <laughs> My kings. Okay. Your boys at a cool four. Oh. 18. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work. And the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. Uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com slash 3 a.m. today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 16. All right, so we're going Sean, Charles, and me. Cool. All right. I got a story for us tonight, though. Hey. So this story comes from Alyssa out of Utah. Now, uh, she just recently started listening to the podcast, said she loves it, and she had a story she wanted to share. Aw. That's not exactly what she said. She said, first of all, you guys are my absolute favorite podcast right now. I've been trying to catch up on all the past episodes, and it's been the best to binge listen to your stories. My and bad. Second, okay. a lot I of listened gas. to your episode a few days ago about the baby <laughs> stroller and in the middle of the road, or the baby stroller in the middle of the road, and I have not been able to stop thinking of it since. Ooh. I've heard so many stories of how very similar things are used to traffic people, such as being stopped in a light and a car in front backing into your car so you have to get out and check the damage, or people asking for you to smell perfume by their car, waiting underneath your car, etc. I would never have thought. Who's asking people to smell perfume from their car? DJ? Yeah, traffickers. She said that. <laughs> yeah, but who falls I would, for that? I, I don't know. If, if I could see that catching me off guard. like I would not smell perfume, bro. If someone's like, hey, you check this perfume by my van, I'd be like, fuck off, bro. <laughs> I mean, it has. You want to smell my Axe body spray? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think that's pretty clever. It but. is. It is different to the point where you'd be like, oh, okay. I could see that reaction. Dude, they would if they were like, "Yo, smell my tamales or something." I'd be oh, like, shit. "Okay, bro, give me that." Yeah, we got this <laughs> this van. We call it Pizza on Wheels. I'd yeah. be like, "Okay, I'm in." Bro, I got a slice of pizza. For- I'd be like, "Dude, take me, bro. Chain me up." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she said that one of her favorite things is camping and hiking. So her and her husband decided they were going to go camping and hiking down in Bryce Canyon and explore for a couple of days. Now, shortly before they were about ready to leave, her husband found out he wasn't going to be able to go. 
So she was super disappointed, but she got her sister-in-law to, you know, hey, let's go and make a girl's trip out of it. I love it. Independent (laughs) woman, you know? She don't need no man, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So her and her sister-in-law, and they invited, like, a couple other girls to head down do this camping trip. Now, like, the day before the trip, all of the other girls back out. So it's just her now and her sister-in-law. But... (laughs) They, but you need better friends. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> With that being said, um, they decided they left early in the morning, drove the three and a half hours down to Bryce Canyon. And she says that her kind of preferred camping is out in the middle of nowhere. So she said open camping, just away from any people. And they ended up finding this great spot just out in the middle of nowhere, probably with some great trees for Utah. <laughs> If you haven't heard me rant about people saying that there are great trees out in the desert, I'm sorry I won't go off on that tangent right now. With that being said, she said after they found their campsite and set up, she remembered feeling a little uncomfortable because they went out hiking for the day, and several times there were some dudes that would just kind of stare at them, and they just kind of brushed it off. I imagine they're out hiking and random dudes just like staring at them, like mean mugging them as they're on the hiking. That's a pretty big red flag as like a female, I'd imagine. Yeah. I hate that, dude. Because it's like they're not wanting to fight you. Because like as a dude, if if a guy is mean mugging you, you're like, oh, they want to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like that would be my first reaction. But from their point of view, too, she said she hadn't really realized how – she said how stupid it was to have two girls alone camping in the middle of nowhere where they were far enough away from other people so they couldn't be heard or they were not secluded enough that people couldn't easily find them. So far enough to not be heard, but not too far to not be found. Hmm. So Not advisable. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, With that being said, she said, you know that feeling being around a campfire and just not being able to see anything else around you? Yes. So the firelight kind of dies off, and it becomes just darkness of 6 to 10 feet outside of that fire zone. So as she and her sister-in-law are sitting around this campfire, she starts to panic a little bit. And she notices that down this dirt road close to the main road, she starts seeing this light kind of bob up and down almost like someone's walking or some sort of light. And she said she tried to write it off as somehow being a tail light or something, but it terrified her nonetheless, just kind of bobbing off towards this main road. Yeah, because at the very least, someone else is here. Yeah, and someone else that probably knows they're there because they have a campfire. Yeah. Now, she said that that terrified her seeing this light bobbing up and down in the distance And she felt as if someone was watching them. And that feeling of being watched kept growing and growing. Now, she didn't mention to her sister-in-law exactly yet, but they decided to go to bed. And at this point, she brought her hatchet with her into the tent because that was the only thing she had. Smart. Smart. Now, at that point is when she told her sister-in-law. And they both freaked out a little bit, but her sister-in-law agreed. She kind of had that same feeling. But they're in their tent now, laying down, trying to sleep, when all of a sudden, start hearing scratching at the tent. Hell no. And then they hear, or they don't hear, they they see slash feel slash hear a punching at the tent. And then 
two long scratches on this tent. Now they weren't close to like trees or bushes either. They're out in the open. Wait, wait, like it came through the tent? Not through the tent, but like you the sound of something touching the tent, like two long scratches. Okay, still, that's terrifying. Either way, big nope. <laughs> so they sat there and she said she was frozen with fear. And it sounds kind of silly thinking back on it, but it doesn't sound silly, actually. Sorry. No. That's not silly. Pl- completely understandable. But it was the most terrifying feeling that either of them had. And they felt like they were just going to get murdered out in the woods. And there was some sort of presence they felt was just out there with them as well. So at the point where they hear the two long scratches on the tent, they look at each other and like, you ready to go home? Uh, they they both say yes. <laughs> and so they get out of the tent with her hatchet. They kind of just take the tent poles. And this is what it sounds like. They take the tent poles out and just haul the tent into the car with everything just like, inside uh, it. Pretty much put together. <laughs> <laughs> Which is genius. Yeah. If that's what you did, that's genius. Um, so they take off. Ain't nobody trying to pack up a tent. <laughs> Make sure you roll it out with all the air getting out of the tent. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were like, all right. Just grab the whole thing, put it in the car. <laughs> Uh, So they take off down the road, and they get to this tiny little town just kind of outside of Bryce Canyon, I assume, and they have to fill up with gas because now they're headed out into the desert to go home, and there aren't too many gas stations along the way. So they pull up to this little gas station, and the store was closed, but it was well lit, so they felt okay stopping there. Now, as they pulled up, there were two men on motorcycles that watched us pass them, and as we are about to step out of the car, they pulled up next to us, and they tried to signal to us to go for a ride with them. Ew, dude, what the hell's happening? (laughs) Now, she's like, are you freaking kidding me? After that stuff we just went through, these other guys that likely want to murder us too? Yeah. And I I don't know if the motorcyclists were already there or if they'd followed them. I'm not sure quite from the story here. Uh But either way... She kept shaking her head. It was a big note, but the people on the motorcycles kept persisting, and they started to come towards the door of the car. So she sped off, and they make it around a corner, and there's another gas station, but this time it's lit and the store is open. So we decided to pull in since they still really needed the gas. They were low to empty. The the light had probably come on. Yeah. They were on super high alert, though. Real quick, Sean's laughing because last night while we were driving to Portland, we drove for over 50 miles with the gas, uh, light, gas on. light on. And we were in, like, the gorge, which means there's, there like, were nothing, nothing around there. That's why we were driving with the light on. Yeah, we were, like, praying, praying for a gas station. It was crazy. Praying that your water would turn into gas. Yeah, yeah we did. Much. We did actually talk about that. Sorry. But I ain't got faith enough for random knot. How do I know the water's <laughs> going to turn to gas, bro? So she said she's on super high alert when they pull up to this gas station, and it freaked her out when the store owner came out to say that they were closing, and if they needed anything, they better come in and do it now. Because like, Why don't you come on in? <laughs> um, she said at this point she had never hated being a woman more in her life, just because felt really what's the word for that targeted yeah vulnerable just a ton of predatory behavior yeah now as they were filling up the two bikers turned the corner and pulled into the gas station they pulled up right beside us and she said she was so freaking pissed if they would have said anything to us i would have screamed at them yeah so we're debating what to do and because that was the only way out of the town they had 
uh, and it heads out onto a secluded highway back home, they knew exactly where they were headed, like the bikers knew. Yeah, they're, they're not, yeah there's nowhere else for them to go. <laughs> but the way they finished pumping gas and they sped off real quick into the distance and they didn't see the motorcycles follow them at that point. Huh. But, and she said it was like the little town of Panguitch. Have you ever been to Panguitch, dude? No. Is it perchance? I have been to Panguitch. You have? It's on the way to like Lake yeah. Powell. So you like get off of the freeway and you go into the mountains and then south towards like Kanab and Lake Powell and this tiny little town of Panguitch where you have to slow down to 35 miles an hour or else you get pulled over. Dang. It's like a one light, maybe a one stop town. Stop. Now, because you guys have been there, can you picture the opening? Does it have that kind of vibe? It kind of does, dude. Yeah. Those middle of nowhere towns. Yeah. Where it's like, there's not a lot of, it doesn't play by the same rules, you know? At yeah, if- uh, we were we were in Yellowstone last weekend, and uh, we drove through one of these middle of nowhere towns in Wyoming, and my girlfriend went in to go get some snacks, and she pulls up to the to the register, and uh, the woman says, "How are you today?" And my girlfriend looks up, and this woman has a full on beard. <laughs> so you never know what you're gonna find in these towns, you know. Wait, time out, it. I don't offend anyone, but was she actually a biological woman? Yes. Oh, dang. And she was just rocking that Fu Manchu? <laughs> or that Sean yeah. Gassaway? <laughs> yeah. uh, the, like a Sean Gassaway, but no mustache. Oh, just, so just like awesome. a Brother Brigham, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a bro- like Brother br- brother Brigham. Like she had 10 wives. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, beautiful. <laughs> anyway, was that it? Uh, that was the extent of their experience. She said that it was it was just a traumatizing experience for the both of them. And even when they, she said she talked to her sister-in-law before sending the story in. Uh, and they both were getting goosebumps just talking about just it. Just going back there and reliving it? Yeah. but Hell yeah. <laughs> for real. Um, she did say, though, that's it. Um, love listening to your stories. I feel like we're all friends. Oh, so, we are. And that would have been a good campfire story. Alyssa. Queen. Thank you so much. I blame your friends. <laughs> for bailing on you. I blame your friends, yeah, for bailing on you. So uh Or we don't blame any or yeah. we blame the guys. <laughs> yeah, you DJ's right. blaming. Yeah. Wow, victim shaming, dude. He's like DJ's like, Well, what were you wearing around the fire? <laughs> <laughs> you pig. <laughs> no, uh hey, athleta wear is, is pretty is pretty revealing nowadays i know these darn Um, females dude it's kind (laughs) of terrifying though like even if none of those things were related like simply the thing in the tent is terrifying on its own yeah what was that she wasn't close to a bush or a tree or anything like that yeah so something was there something was there scratching on the tent and then punching it is what it said and then two long scratches and that's when they're like gtfo it was just a series of events, like sequencing and that, like put them into a headspace where all of a sudden mm-hmm. everything is the enemy. And then once those elements confirm that they're the enemy, it's just like further down that rabbit hole, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Dave Chappelle did the best job that I've ever personally had of making me try and understand what it must be like to be a female in a vulnerable situation. And that's when he said he was 19. He did a comedy store show or a, he did a comedy show, a stand up comedy show at a club or something. 
mm-hmm. kind of a sketchy situation. It was like in Brooklyn in the city. He had to bus in, which back in the 90s was pretty sketch, apparently. And after the show, the like club owner was like, all right, come up here. Keep in mind, he's like 19. He's young and hands him like 10 grand in cash. <laughs> and Dave took it and he's like, I can't walk through Brooklyn with this or I can't walk. I mean, he might have been the Bronx or something, you know, one of the boroughs. And the guy's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you want to get paid or what? So he like put it in his pocket and walked. And he's like, I had never felt so scared of like every man around me. And then he's like, that's what women feel like every day they go out. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that sucks. I, I, Alyssa, I'm sorry you had to like, I'm sorry people have to go through life like that with that extra element. Because like, Sean, you're a big dude. You probably aren't constantly afraid i was talking to someone about this the other day and i was like honestly because of rbf and being tall i don't have a problem with this and i kind of feel bad rbf you want to resting bitch face (laughs) yeah sean might come off as like intimidating dj you you're a you're a big dude you're brown so i'm sure like in most situations it's like you're the dominant or opposing figure now i'm i'm a huge guy you know So like, yeah, dude. Everywhere I go, people cower. You know, it's like it's really it's hard. You know, <laughs> but it was a good campfire story, Alyssa. Yeah, thank you for the story. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, Alyssa. That's it for me today. Cool. Thanks, man. Bless. Thanks, Alyssa. All right. So then, ask me. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this is actually one of the submissions from our Reddit submission that we did a while ago. So. This came to us from Rita, and she's from Sydney, Australia. Ooh. And she sent That's your people. Yeah, it is. So I lived in Australia for two years, if you're new here. I lived amongst the Aussies. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I have familiarity with that. <laughs> All right. So she sent this in. She said throughout her life she's had several paranormal experiences happened to her and she grew up she was always into the paranormal stuff watched paranormal shows uh her favorite show was supernatural she loved scary movies you know like the basic stuff that we probably all can relate to and for her she always thought it was real but up until these experiences she had never like fully thought they were real because she hadn't experienced them for herself yeah so one of the first experiences that she goes through she's around 13 And currently, she's 23, so this is several years ago. So Rita's about 13. She's in her home, and she goes to take a shower. And I'm happy I got this story because I've talked about how truly vulnerable I've always felt in the shower. Like, so when growing up, when I would shower, I would put the shampoo in my hair, scrub it as hard and as fast as I possibly could, and wash it out so that I could open my eyes to catch the demon sneaking up on me, you know? Smart. Smart. Like, you guys have felt that, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep going. So everything's going well. Same old, same story. When in the middle of like shampooing her hair and there's suds all over her face, the door to the bathroom slams. And she explains that it's one of those doors that like is a sliding door and it's a couple centimeters off the ground. And so she hears it slam. It startles her. She has shampoo in her eyes. She can't see anything. So she calls out because she thinks it's one of her family members. You know, Was it previously open? I don't think so. No, it wasn't because she showered. So it opens and then closes. Yes, but she just hears it slam shut. 
Yeah. So she calls out. She's trying to wash the shampoo out of her eyes. Calls out to each one of her family members, her little brother, her mom, her dad. No one answers. And she just kind of assumes that whoever it was, they were looking for something in the bathroom, came in, they found it, and they left. Clears the shampoo out of her eyes, opens it up, looks around. There's no one in the bathroom. But she can kind of see the door moving. Next day, or next time she showered, which I hope was the next day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She's in the middle of showering, and as she's doing her thing, same thing happens. The door slams. The door Yikes. Uh, she responds again by yelling out, you know, mom, calls her little brother, calls her dad, and there's no response. So there's a distinct difference between last time and this time. And it's that this time she gets a terrible dark feeling. So chicken skin all over her arms. She backs into the corner of the shower and just tries to assess what's going on. So she heard the bang. She looks out through the shower curtain and she can see the door swaying. So someone or something pushed it hard enough to where it like opened, and now it's, it's actually swaying. So she knows it's not in her head. She knows she didn't imagine a noise. She can see the door, the effects of the door banging. Yeah. All right, so like I said, this time she has this weird feeling. So she decides, finishes her shower, um, gets dressed, and she starts asking her mom, her sister, her dad. She's questioning all of them. And her mom kind of takes notice, like, why is she going around asking all these things? So she says, yo, what's up? And she tells her, okay, two times now, I've been in the middle of the shower, and it's banged open. And her mom straight up just brushes her off, (laughs) like, as hard as she could. Thanks, mom. Uh, She said my mom was super, super skeptical. She made each one of her family members promise that it wasn't them pranking her. So she tells her mom, and her mom just straight up is like, I don't really, I like does not believe her and says it's probably just the wind. <laughs> like uh, every horror movie ever. Um, but there's like no wind in our house. There's a tiny little window in the bathroom. And so she's like, there's no way. Things just didn't add up. She's like, no, like <laughs> this isn't right. That's for you, mom. <laughs> yeah, mom. <laughs> so at this point, what would you guys do? You're trying to take a shower. You're trying to like... Keep clean, and something is effing your thing up. Like, you're effing you up. Like, if no one's admitting to it within the family, there's not much you can do. Like, obviously, you're locking the door, right? I was just going to say, you kind of have home field advantage. It's your house. You know you got family there. And you're naked, slippery, (laughs) wet. That demon ain't grabbing uh, onto you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, you got full intimidation, with uh, just being naked, so I would just go full on charge. Bro, you go full on home alone. Put up some like f- bags of flour above the door, so next time it opens, it just drops on whoever opened dude, the door. Smart dude, covers the ghost. I've honestly thought about this before. I feel like my best bet would be to kind of like use the curtain and like put it over them and wrap them in the curtain. Oh, okay. At least give me a few more seconds to. Get your naked Either take ass them up. down or, yeah, get get out or, yeah, I don't know. Cool. Okay, so those are good suggestions. And they're kind of along the lines of what Rita did. Ooh. So she's fed up. She has to shower. She can't just not shower. Uh, if you know anything about Australia, it's hot as dick. And <laughs> <laughs> you smell smells you've never realized could exist. <laughs> so next time she has to take her shower, 
she enlists her little brother. And she says, Kate. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so she gets her brother, makes him come into the bathroom, sit down on the mat, and face the door. And then behind him, you know, she gets in the shower. Obviously, there's no weirdness. Obviously. <laughs> uh, and furthermore, she's conducting a pretty good experiment. So she has her little brother holding the family dog on his lap just to make sure it's not the family dog. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So little brother's out there on the mat. She can finally shower in peace. Nothing's going to happen. She gets the shampoo, puts it in her hair, suds everywhere. When bang, she hears the door slam open. Quickly pulls back the shower curtain and looks to see her little brother clutching the dog, staring at an open door. And she says, did you see it? And he just shakes his head yes. He saw it or he saw, is he referring to the door opening? He said all he saw was the door by itself bang open. Hmm. It's got to be a draft in the house. (laughs) From a a tiny window. (laughs) Okay, so she thought she had beat the system. But this only scares her further because now it's straight up confirmed. Yeah. Someone else is in on the fear. Yeah. She now knows at this point something is up. So there's nothing much she can do about it. She just has to keep showering. And every time she goes and showers or goes even to into the bathroom, she just has this super overwhelming like fear, this presence. So she would do everything she could to avoid it. While this is going on, Like around the same time as this, she starts waking up every single night between the hours of 2.30 and 4.30. So So like 3 a.m. maybe? (laughs) Like maybe right in the middle. Yeah. No matter what she would do. So every single night, without a doubt, she would wake up between that time. Just wake up or like wake up to something? So she would wake up that time no matter what she did. She would try to even go to bed earlier doesn't matter she'd wake up throw, she, she'd throw go to bed later off. and she'd wake up at that what time if she went to bed at 2 30 dude she'd wake up at 2 31 dude <laughs> regardless she starts waking up and every single time she wakes up she has this overwhelming feeling of dread just this fear throughout her body and she'd immediately just start praying that god would save her protect her or like deliver her from this right help her go back to sleep So one night in particular, after waking up, she wakes up, looks at the clock. It's that time. Fear fills her body, and she starts praying. And as she starts praying in her head, she hears something in the room. Oh, what? She hears. Just heavy breathing. And with each breath, dude, the the fear inside of her just builds. Praise him. I too am terrified of mouth breathers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, use your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Take some Claritin clear. <laughs> okay, so as we make jokes, <laughs> sorry, she's currently dying of fear in her bed. <laughs> uh, so she's praying and praying and praying. And she says, for some reason, 
her body completely freezes. So we know what this is. Sleep paralysis. But it wasn't frozen before. Not really, no. We haven't heard of that kind of No, sleep she could paralysis. like look at the she never expressed, you know, she could look at the clock, she could see the time. This time, she doesn't know why, she's completely frozen. It's silent in the room Except and something thing. is breathing in the room. As this happens, her body she feels a feeling at the top of her head. And what she says is a heat wave slowly passes down her head all the way down to her feet. Right when it ended, right when it got to her feet, she was like released. She could move again. And so I think she must have like left her room or something. Okay. This keeps happening every single night. After two weeks of waking up around the same time, the banging of the heat wave and breathing. I don't think that every time I don't think that was consistent. I think those were each they're like individual nights. Oh. Okay. But this is also happening at the same time the banging and the showering is occurring. So there's some sort of entity within their home. Feels like it. On the and it's been confirmed by her little brother that some like he's he when she opened the shower, he said like, you know, wide eyes staring at the door and she's like did you see it and he's like yeah was he smart enough to like i think he was she said my little brother assume he was like and she's six. 13 yeah hmm. so so he's not so smart he's hella enough dumb. to pull off a no prank. <laughs> yeah so he hella dumb you know <laughs> yeah stupid <laughs> barely a human <laughs> just kidding Punching shout out my, all my nine-year-olds boys, yeah <laughs> shout out all my nine-year-olds <laughs> just kidding uh okay in current climate that's not okay never mind <laughs> moving on Okay, so she says, on the final night. The final night of what? All these occurrences. Oh, shit. She wakes up, looks at the clock, and it's 6 a.m. She made it. Yeah. That's fine. That's, That's perfect. Relief comes over, I'm sure. It's still dark outside. She's lying in her room. And outside her house on the street, it's like there is her and then outside there's a park and a road and then down the road like another house and there's barely any lights. It's pitch black outside. Mm-hmm. So she's lying in her bed. She's almost feeling relieved when she hears a noise. And she said, I hear what sounded like a man standing right outside my window laughing maniacally. Ugh. Like cackling. Ugh. So he, she hears this sinister laugh. She's frozen once again in her bed and can basically do nothing about it. She tries to peek out her window and doesn't see a thing. And she doesn't want to keep trying because she's terrified at the idea that whatever is standing out there will see her looking out. So she said she was basically looking out her blinds, hoping that she would just see some drunk dude or something, just being a psychopath alone, cackling outside her window. Um, but like I said, as she was looking out the window, she was just terrified at the idea of just a face like popping up in front of her door. So she tried a couple times, didn't see anything and stopped. Finally, when the rest of her family wakes up, she goes to her mom. She's from Australia. So she goes to her mom (laughs) and she tells her her whole experience and quote, judged me thinking I was some crazy person overthinking everything. (laughs) So damn, like, mom. Not what? Uh, yeah. Mom? Oh yeah. Damn, mom. But I mean, she's twelve or she's thirteen years old. You know. 
Yeah, but I feel like you have to validate a little bit because perception is reality. True. So like, even though it might not be happening, your daughter's still like, you can't be like, you're terrified. a crazy person. You could be like, well, let's think about this. She's like, listen, you dumb it bitch. It could be a crazy person. Chase, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, for now. Anyway, I don't want to be too hard on the mom. Maybe maybe just looking back, she thinks she was like judging her hard. But regardless, the mom brushed her off, right? Yeah. So like I said, that's the last night anything happens to her. Rita with this specific occurrence. So next morning, her mom says, hey, Rita. What did you say happened to you? She retells her. I wake, I woke up in my bed. It was about, her mom probably said, 6 a.m.? Yeah. And what did you hear outside your window? I heard a man laughing. She's like, yeah. Apparently, that night, the mom had gone to bed. And Rita's little sister was a baby, so was sleeping. She wasn't a baby. She was probably a toddler. Was sleeping with Rita's mom. And they both woke up at the exact same time. She said she opened her eyes, looks over at her daughter or Rita's sister, and her eyes open up. Like for no reason, both of them woke up at the same time. And as they kind of look at each other, wondering like, what the heck? Like, why did we just wake up at the same time? They both hear a man cackling outside their window. And she knows because they both looked over at the window. Mom was way too afraid to look. So they did nothing about it. And that's kind of it. Rita leaves it with like a healthy amount of skepticism. She says, like it is possible. We never actually saw anything. So we just decided to pass it off as a drunk man who just happened to only laugh at 6 a.m. outside of our house two nights in a row. <laughs> uh, and to this day, I'm, un- I'm unsure whether the breathing was just my sister in her sleep since we did share the same room. But oftentimes her sister would be sleeping in her mom's room. Mm. So she said, you know, maybe she came back into my room and she was just breathing hella loud. And I might have just really scared a result of everything else that was going on. Or if it was something else or if it was just like a paranormal entity, a drunk man outside my house, whatever. So she's like willing to dismiss all of the sleeping stuff. But she said like one thing I can't dismiss is the bathroom door because she experienced it and her little brother experienced it. She says, I don't know if whatever that was was there to harm me or just there to have fun, but it, it stopped and it was enough to scare her and enough to like permanently become a memory <laughs> or uh, permanently affect her for the rest of her life, I guess. And that's that's Rita's first email. Oh, oh my gosh. Rita had like four or five yeah. emails. So that one was titled Story One of Four. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Rita sent in four stories. So that's why I was like warning you guys before this episode. I might have a lot to talk about. Very sorry, Rita. You had to experience four whole stories. Most people only experience one. If they're, yeah, if they're unlucky enough. If they're unlucky enough. <laughs> um, so I, I, I considered splitting all these up, but I feel like we should go through them and like experience this all with Rita. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let's go for it. Go ahead. I'm down. Cool. Down under. All right, so I'm going to read this one. This is her second email. She said, okay, email two of four. Things start to get a little teeny bit more interesting here. What? (laughs) Okay, maybe a couple months or like a year after my occurrence with the shower experience, I would have a reoccurring dream. In this dream, 
I'm being lifted by spirits or demons or pulled out of my bed by this thing flying in front of me. So something is pulling her out of the bed. Demons, a flying creature or something, right? Yeah, a teeny bit. <laughs> uh, her parents are in the next room, and in every single one of these dreams, she would attempt to scream to alert them, mm-hmm. but nothing. When she tried to scream, she said she would literally feel her chest and stomach compress. No sound would come out at all. She'd just like feel that wind escape her chest. It would always be like that, every dream. Now, cutting back to real life. One night, my dad was out late with his friends. My mom and my brother were asleep. My brother was still young at this time, and my sister was the middle child with me, being the eldest of each of us, five years apart in age. My sister and I were in my brother's room. He had one to himself at the time because he was the youngest and the only boy, so he was special. Sounds like a little bit of salt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're sitting in his car-shaped bed. Damn. First of all. (laughs) Living large. Balling. All right, so they're sitting in his car-shaped bed, and they're coloring it like a Bratz coloring book that their mom bought them. (laughs) They're minding their own business. They're playing very quietly when all of a sudden they hear the half-broken wooden snack drawer being opened in the kitchen. This snack drawer in the kitchen, it has like all the chips and snacks in it, super loud. So that's how they knew it was that drawer specifically. It was just like super loud to open. And Pavlov's dog, like every time they heard that that noise, they were getting a snack. So they both perked perked up, right? So they hear this super loud drawer open and they hear... All the wrapper as what they assume their younger brother is looking through all the snacks. So they're sitting there. They hear the drawer open. They hear the chip bags being messed with and they don't hear it closed. So she calls out for her younger brother, just assuming like he woke up and that he was looking for something to eat. Mm -hmm. Calls out. Nothing. Calls out to mom. Nothing. Now, dad was out with his friends, but she's thinking maybe he came home and I didn't hear him. So she calls out to dad. Nothing. So at this point, a little weirded out. To ensure that she didn't hear anything, she did kind of the same thing she did last time. She turns to her little sister and she says, hey, did you just hear something? Little sister says, yeah. Well, what'd you hear? I heard the kitchen drawer get opened. Someone messing with the chips. So they're like, okay, I did too. At this point, she confirms she's not the only one who hears it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of tells her sister, or her and her sister are now super afraid. They're in this like heightened fear. They grab all the weapons they have available around us, which is her little sister gets a spray bottle <laughs> and she gets a broom. I, I, I thought you were going to say like a boomerang or something. <laughs> yeah. A boomerang and a rock. <laughs> and, a, and a didgeridoo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. She says, don't judge us. We're young. So I'm sure I can just imagine it. They're clutching each other, terrified. They make their way out of their little brother's room to the kitchen to see what's up. And they go into the kitchen. They look at the snack drawer, and it's closed. It's not even open. This freaks her out because she knows her and her little sister only heard it open, not closed. We woke up her mom, tell her the story, and it kind of seems like she has a completely different mom because it actually concerns her mom super bad. The mom grabs all the kids and locks all of them in the parents' room. Yeah, so apparently, like this time, <laughs> the mom's taking it so serious, locks the kids in the parents' room, calls dad, and tells her tells him he has to come home. Yeah, that comes definitely home. doesn't sound like the mom from the first <laughs> yeah, story. <I> <laughs> She's 
She's like, hey. Doesn't give a shit about the daughter, <laughs> yeah. but if you touch Come the home, chips, somebody bro. took our Vegemite Doritos. <laughs> watch yourself. So he actually comes home yeah. and checks the entire house. <laughs> he looks under all the furniture, behind all the closets, and finds nothing. That's email too. Dude, the haunted chip story. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this house. How about just leave the house? <laughs> Move into another house. It sounds like they got to put locks on everything, too. Put a lock on the windows. Like Put a lock on the bathroom door. Put a lock on that man's mouth. Put a lock on the snack drawer. (laughs) Outside her window. Put a muzzle on him. All right, so this third story. She's much older now. At this point, she has a boyfriend. So her and her boyfriend, they're driving in a secluded farmland, and it's this huge area of land. On this land, there's like these really big houses. Like there's mansions, right? She said, like, these kind kind of drives were a regular thing for her and her boyfriend. They would often just go out, drive through this farmland, and look at these, like, insanely big houses. However, one evening, when it was getting dark, we were on our way out of the area when we saw a very tall man with a black coat and a top hat. Oh. So they're just passing super fast. They both look over, and they see this man. See the Baba Duke? Hat <laughs> man, dude. What you doing down so, there? <laughs> like I said, it's getting dark. They look over. They see this flash of this man. He's walking up this really long driveway towards the house. And there's like nothing else around. So they see it. They flash past him. They both see something. And they kind of don't say anything at the same time. They just both hope and pray. They just saw a tall man in a trench coat and a hat. Yes. Understandable. So they're passing their house. They both see him. She, he, it's the only thing moving on the entire road. So she's like staring at this man walking. He's walking super, super slowly towards this house. And like I said, there's like nothing else around. She turns to her boyfriend to kind of confirm he's looking at it too. He's looking past her, but he has to keep looking back at the road. And she looks real quick at her boyfriend, looks back, gone. There's no more man walking up the road. Like that, she said, There is no way he could have just disappeared, like, nowhere he could have just hid or ran. It was like a split second that she took her eyes off him to confirm and then look back at him. So, at this point, my partner and I hadn't said anything as they had no idea what they had both just witnessed. So, she's staying quiet, he's staying quiet because she's not sure if it was just imagination, right. But my curiosity to try and look where he, the man may have actually gone must have hinted to my boyfriend that I may have witnessed the same thing that he did. In an attempt to test me, he asked, did you see that too? And I said, the man? And he says, yeah. So she, he, he says, uh, did you just see that? She says, the man? And he says, yeah. Did you see what he was wearing? Yeah. A hat, a trench coat. And she says, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they said, and he was very, very tall. And they both just were like, yeah. Bro, what if that's just what the Yowie wears? So they're sitting in the car. They're both really freaked out, not really understanding what they saw. Especially, she like can't even believe what she saw because he, to her, disappeared. Yeah. Which is freaking her out. And they both said it reminded both of them of Slenderman. Ew. Which, like, I have pretty strong feelings about Slenderman. 
as far as its validity and like totally real scariness, huge eye roll. But <laughs> if you saw something like that, it would still you'd it be like, be. what hell is happening? I had something similar back in the, in the beginning of the podcast when we were recording at the cabin in uh, Provo Canyon. Oh yeah, dude. What? There was one. There was one night where I was driving home, or we finished recording. It's late at night, driving home down the canyon, and out of the corner of my eye, I swear I see a Slenderman-like figure, where I just see a white head, maybe ten to fifteen feet tall, on the other side of the guardrail, and in like a black suit, and it's just a quick flash standing there on the side of the road. I feel the same. Slenderman to me, like right now, not scary. I think I had a little fun with it at the beginning, like playing the game and being on my phone uh, in the middle of the night, just me. And it was a little creepy, but that didn't last very long. So Slenderman right now isn't scary to me. But in that moment, all these things were going through my head. It's dark. There's no lights in the canyon like street lights i'm driving by myself after we just recorded a a scary <laughs> podcast episode you know so i get that yeah that's what i'm saying it's like uh you can hear about slender man right now and you're like oh that's so lame but if you're in the moment that shit is like terrifying yeah it's super mm-hmm. creepy to actually see something that even is similar to that description is terrifying yeah and let's let's be real there's so many separate people if we're not just assuming they're all lying that are encountering this similar entity you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. hat man slender man the babadook like character you know what i'm saying yeah so i don't know maybe there is some validity we don't know yeah you, you don't know anyway that was email three mm-hmm. all right and this is the last one email four all right um so this is the last one is short but simple she kind of wrote this one as an afterthought, okay? So this happened to Rita when she was, again, around 13 or 14. Bro, 13, 14 was not a good year for her. Sounds like a lot of things were happening. So she's hanging out with her cousin in their house, and because all these things are happening, her and her cousin kept a book that they would record all their occurrences. We need so that we, book. We do. So they would write down their occurrences, how they felt, what happened, you know, all, all, everything included, right? So they were in a room with a bunch of their cousins. There was about six of them. My closest cousin was my age, and we had a book that we would detail our experiences in whenever we went out, and we'd write the dates in there. This book came with a lock and key. So, you know, like, it's a little, like, a uh, journal with a lock, right? Mm-hmm. So it came with a lock and key. My cousin was holding them. We decided to all play games, and during a small game of Wink Murder, which I think is kind of like... I'm not quite sure, but it's a, a game. Yeah. You had to like be yeah, st- kill stand, stand in a circle and wink at people to kill them and try not to get caught. Right. Mm-hmm. We all saw and heard the key of the book fall behind the bed that was closest to the wall. The key to the book, not the book. Yeah. Just the key to the book. So in the middle of playing this spooky game, they just hear the key and see it fall behind the bed. So I'm sure all six of them like looked over at it. Not a, As not, something winks at them. <laughs> not not really a big deal because they can just slide the bed and get it, right? Right. All of us saw it fall there. But when I moved the bed, it wasn't there. I checked the covers of the bed. I checked under the bed. I checked the other side of the bed. It was just gone. 
it simply vanished. So after a while, they seriously are sitting there like perplexed. She says, my younger sister and cousin went to grab some drinks from the kitchen. And when they came back, they were holding the key. And they said, like, where did you get that? And they said, it was on the kitchen counter. So I'm sure kind of what crosses your mind crossed her mind. And they, they make the kids promise. Do you promise you are not pranking us? Which doesn't really make sense because, once again, remember, they all saw the key fall behind the bed. Right. So they make them absolutely promise that they weren't pranking us. And she says she feels like they sincerely said no, like we're not pranking you. They said their cousins and stuff, their siblings, they never lied with their promises. They were very like, forthright with each other. Uh, we all witness to this day, nobody knows what happens. The spirit in my household never really did much besides these small things like this. The drawer opening, the shower, the laughing, things like that. So I'm assuming it may have just been bored and liked to play around. <laughs> and that's that. That's Rita. Well, that's mm. really spooky, Rita. I don't envy your childhood, and I ate onions for food. <laughs> uh, I... I I liked these stories. There was nothing in it that was like, you know, huge. I don't know. The laughing outside your window is pretty. That's probably okay. It's not huge, but that's probably the scariest thing for me. Yeah, I know. But all of her stories had these like small elements that were terrifying. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And especially if you're like a 14 year old, 13 year old, and you're in that mindset. Yeah. Like I could imagine that have been terrifying. Yeah, there's definitely certain situations after experiencing all that that you're going to be on edge every time she got in the bathroom to just use the bathroom or to shower at night. If she ever woke up in the middle of the night, every time somebody opened the snack drawer afterwards, like it's just a trigger, you know, like all these little things affect your perception of what it is or isn't uh, moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And that's us. That's me. That's me and Rita. Thank you, Rita, for those stories. Dope. Is it me now? Thank you. It's you, Deej. Okay. My story tonight comes from Kate. Hey, shout out, Kate. Kate is a patron, and she came from Reddit. Oh, thank you, Kate. From our post. So, uh, I don't know where Kate is from. I assume the States. Uh, she has a lot of stories. In fact, when she first reached out to me and messaged me, uh, this is... This is what she says. She said, hello, I have a few stories you can go through and see which one you'd like to talk about. They are true and real. I was on another podcast. They became haunted. If you're interested in seeing some of the stuff that happened to them during their podcast after talking to me and once while talking to me, uh, I can send you a link. If you think it's too dangerous, it's okay. It's a listen at your own risk kind of thing. So it's up to you. And for the rest of the podcast, DJ will be recording on his own. Yeah. Bro, I gotta go, <laughs> dog. <laughs> so I I got I got I told her this is the first time that somebody offered to share their story and it came with a forewarning. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> I will not I will not be sharing that story tonight. <laughs> I will be sharing another one, though, from her. (laughs) I'm still going through the details of that other story. Uh, Real quick, before I move on, I did share last week that 
I've been talking to another redditor, uh, the one about the occult. Yes. Mo- Still talking to Morpheus, him. dude. So I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to leave you hanging for another week. Yeah, Morpheus here. Uh, I'm sorry to leave you hanging for another week, but but it's coming. Okay. Uh, right now we have Kate, Ooh. and this is her story about having issues in my house. And it starts off, Kate is in her house and she's praying. And Kate is sensitive to, uh, we've talked about the so-called gift, right? Our homie Kaika names it the gift. She's very sensitive to spirits, auras, things like that. She is a self-proclaimed psychic. I'm not entirely sure what what that entails, but I need to talk to her more about that. But she's praying, so she seems slightly religious. And in her prayer, she says, I'm calling upon the archangel Michael. Which doesn't seem, I don't know, too abnormal. I know in Catholicism, they call on a bunch of different saints for different reasons. Different saints, from what I understand, can provide different blessings, different forms of help and guidance and whatnot. I'm not sure if she's Catholic, but it sounds like along those lines. But she calls upon the the Archangel Michael. She says when she does that, she hears a growl in her ears. Ew. Gross. What's an EVP? Uh, Electric something pulse. Electronic voice phenomenon. Within ghost hunting and parapsychology... Electronic voice phenomenon are sounds found on electric recordings that are interpreted as spirit voices that have been either unintentionally recorded or intentionally requested and recorded. Okay. So Kate has an EVP with her and she turns it on during her prayer. So she doesn't hear it. She said she picks it up on the EVP afterwards, listening to it. So after she... Hears it on the EVP. It sounds like it doesn't terrify her because she says, I wanted to confront it. Damn. I wanted to confront the growling. So the next, the next night rolls around. I'm not sure if she has the EVP still, but in this case, she doesn't need it. She says she's standing in a living room. It's nighttime. And from previous experiences, the EVP seems to be most active at night and in that room. She said that as she's standing in the living room, preparing herself to confront this thing, she said that she felt something standing behind her. And it manifested itself physically, at least it felt physical, because she felt an icy hand on her shoulder. This icy hand turns into a voice that she audibly hears without the EVP into her ear, and this thing calls her by her name. So it knows her. She says that she's pissed at this point. Uh, Rightfully so. But why? She like wanted to confront it. That's true. She so, didn't even need to. I it guess. was there. She was confronted. Yeah. Continue. She said, no, 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 you're right. Uh, I, I feel like most people would just be scared shitless. <laughs> but she's pissed. Pissed shitless. Uh, at this point, she said, as a sidekick, they're able to... I mean, if she's talking to spirits and confronting a growling, uh, uh, this is just a world that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many facets of it that 
I don't think I'll ever understand, but she says that she shot out a warning shot. And she said in the psychic world, this warning shot sometimes comes in the form of light that she can't see, but is basically like a defense tactic, I think, to try and protect herself. Hmm. You know. So she said when she shot out this warning shot or this burst of light, the icy feeling on her shoulder left went away pretty quickly. So when she had that space, she continues speaking. And she says, how many? She said, a reply came back. And it was a different voice from the voice that said her name. This time, it was a girl's voice, came from the other side, and said, many. Legion, for we are many. Sounds like. Uh, she said she was still pissed and said, how many, again. This time, a man's voice behind her said, seven. Before she could say anything, another voice, this one deeper and in a mocking tone, on the other side of her, says many more than seven. So, as she's conversing, she finally notices that there's whispers all over the room that she's in, that she didn't notice previously. She said it fills the room and she decides to walk back to her room. Uh, she turns around while walking back and is expecting to see something. Nothing was there, but she could hear the whispers following her, leaving the living room, following her through the hallway towards her bedroom. Uh, she said she opens her door, looks back, glaring at the whispers that were coming from the living room, and said with intention, I will burn you. After she says, I will burn you, the whispers stop. She says, I knew I was angry. I should know better, but I needed help. So I went into my bedroom. I prayed five to seven times. My body was physically sore. So apparently this took a physical toll on her. Either that or they, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like they physically harmed her. It just sounded like she was spent off of this experience, you know. I think so, we can all kind of relate to that. Uh, I'm sure we've all been in situations where you feel like spiritually or drained. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah. like fatigued. Uh, I think, I think I shared this story, but I have a friend named Carrie and I met her in the Philippines while I was a missionary. She was a sister missionary and she talks about living in a house that was haunted. There's a two story house and on the second floor, nobody, nobody went to the second floor ever. They said every time they walked past a staircase or looked up, dared to look up the staircase, they would just feel darkness. Didn't feel good. This is the same house where their underwear would get stolen. People would steal their underwear after they'd hang it out on the clothesline and they tried to stake it out one night. They didn't see anything. They ended up falling asleep uh, while watching out and they woke up and it was gone. And they have a wall with a gate that's always locked and like barbed wire on the top mm -hmm. not barbed wire but they use broken glass yeah and cement it to the top right so anyway one night she's sick of it she goes upstairs and she tries to pray it off she talks about when she prayed she could feel a crowd of people forming around her and she felt hate ew she felt that these people wanted to hurt her physically spiritually mentally emotionally and she said that was one of the hardest thing I had to do 
was was pray and ask for help from heaven and to force these spirits out. She said when she finished her prayer, all of that disappeared, but she was so tired that she kind of fainted for about a minute or two. Damn. Um, and her companion was with her the whole time, um, or roommate, and was trying to help her, you know, come back into consciousness. But sorry, a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. Back to Kate. Uh, she said that she's back in her room. The whispering has stopped. She's praying for help. She falls asleep praying. She wakes up the next day. Uh, everything is seems fine, you know, back to normal. That night, she said she's feeling a heavy, a heaviness in her and in the space that she's living in. And it's getting darker. Sun sets. And she's feeling nervous because she doesn't want to go through this for the third night in the row. Kate says that as the sun went down and my room got darker, my room started to feel heavier. Whispers again from behind the door. I was getting ready to pray. I was kind of upset at this whole situation when it felt like my room was full of people. But this time, it was a good feeling. She said she felt warmth, and a woman's voice say, it's all right, we're here. The whispers from behind the door had stopped. She said, I don't know exactly what's going on, but right now the room feels really good. Nice. So, so that was the end of that story. Uh, very rarely do we have a, a good ending. <laughs> it would still freak me out to have a, like a good ghost. <laughs> um, but uh, Kate has a list of different stories. She says, if you have any questions, let me know. She sent me a bunch of links. A link to the podcast that she was on where they were haunted. A video of a disembodied voice from her room and the camera shutting off or something like that. I don't know. There's a bunch of different stories that she has um, that I'm excited to go through. So Awesome. Sorry. A uh, quick sh- short story from Kate, but looking forward to going through little the rest of them. little teaser for y'all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to like uh, hearing about them getting haunted on that podcast. <laughs> and then getting haunted as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, after no. I told her... <laughs> I, after I told her that uh, this is the first time we've had a warning, um, she did say that if you were just reading them, though, I'm sure nothing bad will happen as long as I'm not the one telling them. Ooh, maybe we need to call her. <laughs> if you really yeah. want to get haunted, mine as well. YOLO. So, yeah. Um, the, that last story, though, uh, the growling. Uh, I do not like or even uh, Michael the Archangel. Dude, where are you at? <laughs> so this all started your... happening after she was praying for Michael the Archangel, right? Yes. So like whatever Correct. that was, was the catalyst for all of these creepy people coming into her house. Sounds like. Hmm. Did she say why she was praying for him in the first place or not? Nah? No, that's something that I do need to ask. Um... Because, like, just casual, hey, yo, what's up, just doesn't seem to be important enough for the Legion to show up, you know? Yeah. No, I hear you. Somebody in the comments says that 
They say, I don't know what your religious beliefs are, but the Bible is pretty clear about making attempts to communicate with spirits as that's a form of necromancy. Good luck, though. She says, thanks for letting me know. The person replies, yeah, you don't want to mess with that. She says, I usually never do. I shut everything off for a really long time. Nothing happened for a while, but then whatever it was, I could hear it with my ears. So it sounds like it got more like physical. Like At first, it was the EVP, and then it started becoming a consistent thing that she could hear physically. She says, that's why I was mainly upset, because it was getting worse. She said, because I shut myself off and I didn't want to have anything to do with any of that stuff anymore. And yet I could hear them with my own ears. They wouldn't let me not hear it, but instead I prayed because I knew I was just angry about it happening. But I had to make a serious decision. I had to know how many I had been dealing with. When I did, confronting them on my own just became out of the question. I couldn't confront them. I needed help from someone stronger than me. So I asked and so far everything stopped. I really do appreciate him telling me though I didn't know that dang yeah it kind of feels like i mean we've dealt we've talked about this before but when you make that call when you open yourself up to the world you don't necessarily get to control who answers it does that make sense yeah that's why i'm terrified of like ouija boards and things of that nature because it's like it could be all fun and games but we don't really get to control who answers the call Mm -hmm. so that's interesting. I didn't realize that was a form of necromancy. It's just reaching out like that. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. So, huh? That's a good warning. Yeah. Note to self. Cool. Is is that you tonight? <sighs> but that is me tonight. Yeah. All right. I lied. <laughs> Sick, okay. dude. Fess what up. you lying about? So, this says. Rita, email five out of four. I knew it, dude. <laughs> dude, I knew it. <laughs> she had one more email. She was only planning on writing four. And this one is a Ouija board story. Yes. <laughs> and could possibly be, I, I mean, it's exactly what we're just talking about. It is the reason I'm terrified of Ouija boards. And it's kind of similar with Kelly's story of reaching out and having <laughs> something answer that you don't control. And I will be reading it to you boys on this week's Patreon <laughs> bonus story. Dope. So if you're listening and you want to hear that or this bonus story, go over to the 3AM pod or Patreon Patreon slash the 3 a.m. pod. <laughs> uh, just check out the Patreon at the link in our bio on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. There you go. And you'll hear the rest of that story. Uh, so for our patrons, I'll see you soon. And for everyone else, I'll, we'll be back in one second. All right. We are continuing the email thread from Rita. Rita's from Australia, and she has had several. And we're back. <laughs> so I just shared the the fifth additional email from Rita about her experience. The scariest Ouija board story we've told. I think it could be the top Ouija board story we've told so far on the podcast. (laughs) Granted, we haven't told a ton, but I don't feel good. (laughs) (laughs) We asked DJ to do something he was a little uncomfortable with, especially because he's alone right now. And uh, he, he, he did it. So we're proud of him. But he might not be happy. Sorry, dude. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, he did it in incognito. He's good. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, thank you, Rita. Thank you, everyone who sent in stories. I think this episode was completely uh, user submitted. It was. That's Twice. awesome. That's a good. Uh, that's awesome. So thank you, thank you, Rita. Thank you, Alyssa. Alyssa. And thank you, Kate. Yeah, that was awesome. Ooh, an all female cast tonight. Gang, gang. <laughs> shout out. Yeah, everyone out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. Every day we're getting messages from people who are like, I don't know, just showing their their support and for for what we're doing and for this project. So that's really what keeps us going. Honestly, thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. Continue to listen, and we co- will continue to give you good stories. Like this is all possible because of you guys and girls. Yeah. Um. Anyway, everyone out there, thanks for listening. Bye, love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Trust I got. Watch your back. <laughs> Bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast, Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title. In that book and in this podcast, I go all the way back to 1939, when Lee Harvey Oswald was born into a troubled and dysfunctional family. I'll follow his transient and often violent teenage years and young adulthood, painting a fuller picture of the man who would later become Kennedy's killer. I also take a look at events unfolding in that era, like Cuba and Vietnam, And I'll unpack the conspiracy theories, too, not one of which has ever been conclusively proven. Subscribe to Countdown to Dallas at evergreenpodcasts.com or your favorite listening app, October 31st.